Welcome to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the podcast. We're here today with Master Alex Jarvis. Today, he's the Master Instructor of Ripple Effect Martial Arts in Broomfield, Colorado, and a fifth-degree black belt in American Freestyle Taekwondo, and has studied many other styles as well. I can't wait to get into it. Thank you, Mr. Jarvis, for being with us. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Looking forward to it. Can we start off with just the early days? When when did you start training in martial arts? Yeah, I've been training, honestly, since about three to, three to four years old. How, how do you start at three or four years old? Well, honestly, like the starting, <laughs> the starting part is easy, right? But back then, actually, it was a little bit harder because, I mean, especially today, like with ripple effect martial arts and everything that we, we stand for, like we, you know, the sooner we get kids started on making sure that, you know, the integrity, the honesty, the focus, especially at that age, right? The, the focus and the body coordination and those things, like, especially at that age, that's like the main pieces. But back then, studios and schools, they didn't start at three and four years old. It was very rare and far and few between that you could even, they would even allow you until you're about like at least, you know, at least six years old. So we found an instructor that for back then was definitely ahead of the curve. And uh, he taught a lot of the same ways and the same practices that we, that at least that I and as ripple effect that we incorporate in our classes as far as the group chats and the, the the overall class messages each month like he was doing those things and he was like okay well normally i don't do these things but since you're uh since you know alex you know since your your student is so like gung-ho and let's do this let's try it let's see what works so it's more for me getting started it was more of a um let's say an experiment <laughs> to see how uh, how it went and it you know i'm still around today so yeah it went pretty well that is a really good way of putting it and an experiment because what i remember about that mid 80s the karate kid kind of era of karate that mid late 80s was still really hardcore i mean i've heard other instructors say my school when i started didn't allow students who until you were 16 or in that quarter, blood and guts era, those guys, they started as college students, you know? Yeah. What What do you remember as you started to, you know, you were six, seven, eight into your teens? How did it progress for you? Well, I mean, if we want to kick it back to, like, the main reasons that I got started is because, you know, essentially, and I've told this story a couple times, is, like, I love the Ninja Turtles. There was something about it. Ninja Turtles. I was like, I want to be a turtle and turtle power all the way. Right. So it was either I wanted to be Raphael or I wanted to be Master Splinter because I liked how Master Splinter knew how to do like all the all the things. And he was the instructor and he like could keep everybody a level head, but was like chill in any situation. But at the same time, I liked the I'm going to get stuff done attitude from Raph. So I was like, yeah, I want to be the both best world. So <laughs> And then my mom promised me a pair of uh, glow-in-the-dark Ninja Turtle underwear. And, you know, the rest is history. I was like, okay, big boy potty from now on. Like, I got this cool pair of underwear and I'm a Ninja Turtle. So that's how I kind of got started or always, like, kind of sparked my interest for martial arts 
but there has always been something that's kind of been ingrained in me to really get to be in this in this world and it just kind of developed from there i got my first black belt in that system when we weren't like you were saying you know typically 16 years old that we weren't allowed to be black belts until that age but because of all the effort and the energy that i've been putting in through the martial arts in those you know early age years and then i was able to get my first three black belt by the time i was 11 and then so i helped teach classes and i was running certain like our assistant instructors do today and then it kind of just progressed from there. And then, you know, I tried some different schools uh, when I started, you know, looking at moving out to Colorado and everything from uh, very traditional Shotokan karate to to more of like a, a Jet Kundo freestyle martial arts to what we are doing today with our American Taekwondo. What you said about Splinter and Raphael, that balance, you really do exhibit that. And, and it comes across. And uh, there was one time in Estes Park, I was sitting in my black belt test and I was sitting next to a friend. He's a pediatrician and we kind of trained together and, and grew up through the ranks together. And I knew of you, but I hadn't met you yet. And you were doing, a, it might've been Exodus or something. I, I can't remember what group form it was, but the doctor leaned over to me and just said, that guy is amazing. <laughs> it's like, perfectly put, I agree. And you had the discipline on display, but also a kind of a, not relaxation isn't the word, but you're, you're very at home in the martial arts and it's just amazing to watch. Thank you. As a parent, putting their kids into this environment, incentive and motivation as a teacher how do you provide that to students incentive and motivation i mean especially today with the martial arts and how easy i mean you know there there's so, so many different things that kids can get distracted in and we are honestly we're a small part we're a small part of everybody's day-to-day -day, you know interactions that they have whether it's between school and home and everything we get those students only for a small fraction of the hours throughout the week now if those parents if end up bringing them more so then you know wonderful great but we get them for an hour or we get them for 45 minutes or you know if they're doing leadership we get them for about two hours right but my main motivation and focus is can I make sure that this is going to be that student's best class? Like I, if I, if, you know, God forbid something happens to either myself or someone else, like did I make the biggest impact that I could within that amount of time? Are they having fun? Are they smiling and, you know, working hard? Do they feel accomplished by the time they leave that class? I think especially today with how many distractions are, you want that time to be, to be fun and motivationally driven and for them to feel a sense of inspiration i mean obviously not every class is going to be like that we try our best to be that way but um yeah i mean i think that would be my main motivation is just to make sure that each and every class can be the best that it can be and in those specific areas something that i remember about another black belt test where you were instructing and you were telling this young student 10 years old i would guess 
And you said a few times, you repeated, we'll, we'll do it together. Let's do it together. You work on a form. And I think he was waiting to watch you do something and thought that you're going to now evaluate him doing it. But you said, let's do it together. You could see kind of the acceleration of his learning right on the spot. For a student who isn't focused or seems to be falling behind, do you have any kind of strategy or approach that you take? I, I really like the here. Like as far as like the uh, interaction when a student's not, maybe they're not picking up something as, as quickly. Right. And that's the, you know, here, do it with me, right. Do it with me, watch. And then they go through it and it's that kinesthetic learning, but visual. And then you give the explanation and everything just kind of flows naturally from there. So I really, I really like that because they feel like, okay, you know, this person's in it with me. They're not just going to give me the, the critique, which works for a, big variety but i mean if we're really getting down to uh back into your question of okay well maybe the it's the motivation aspect like how do we how do we push and how do we motivate and how do we make sure the students are at their best really it's just listening right you got to listen to where where they're coming from right if it's a motivational aspect you got to you know break it down and see what is the root of the um what's the root of the cause Right. And I mean, there's a couple books that we've read throughout the training where it's like influencing with integrity and how to win friends and influence people and doing things the right way. And then not necessarily leading them because you want them to do something, but leading them because you know it's the best thing for them. And ultimately, they that's what they kind of want to. But hearing them out to where you can help get them there and it's their idea because essentially unless it's their idea you're not gonna it's you're not gonna make any ground or headway and then obviously with like the younger ones fun make it fun inner like change up how you teach different things and you know make it into a game turn it into a story have the interaction here hit this show them what they're actually doing within the form so it makes the most concrete sense when you bring all those in together, you're going to create long-lasting students. That is really interesting, the idea of making it their idea. That sounds very Mr. Miyagi to me or something, or Splinter. <laughs> how did you learn how to do that? I know I'm quoting like uh, just as far as some of those books and stuff, but I mean, honestly, when it really comes down to it, it's just knowing your audience, feeling, feeling out that student and taking the time, taking the time to really invest in those, each individual person and making sure that they know that you're there for them. They're not just another number. They're not just a, Hey, you know, you're that orange belt. Let's get you out there. It's really investing in them and taking time to know their why, why are they there growing up? I had an instructor that was very much so that way, where he invested his time in me and made sure that he was a big motivation in my life. And so I, I think I pull a lot of, of that from, uh, from him. When we were in a black belt test at the embassy suites. Uh, so really going back kind of far now. Okay. <laughs> we are uh, because Tuhan Apollo Ladra was there and 
for anybody who doesn't know, he's a master of the Filipino martial art of Paquita Tercia Kali. And this was a group of hundreds and hundreds of students and then an even larger crowd of parents and, and guests looking on. And Tuan Lauder was there instructing in that huge ballroom, and he asked you to come demonstrate certain techniques with a blade, uh, obviously a uh, one that wasn't sharp. But I don't know what what are those made out of, by the way, uh, the the black kind of blades that you practice with. There's a couple different, right? I mean, you can have just the classic, like the the epoxy, like the polyurethane, those type of things. Um, but the ones that I like the most are the like the aluminum cast where it looks like the like the blade so that way it gives that same type of flash whenever it hits the light you know it trains out the hesitation not necessarily the fear because you always want the fear aspect i don't want ever i don't ever want my students to feel like oh i don't have to be afraid of that because it's not no even me i'm scared of knives because i've looked up i've done the research and it's not it's not pretty but to train with something that where you can eliminate the hesitation. Oh, I don't know what that is. What do I do? No, it's the, I know what that is. That's scary. I'm out of here. And getting them to run versus the, the hesitation. So yes, they're the, the aluminum ones. They're the ones I like the, the best. I love that you just elucidated that. That's what amazed me when I saw you because n- number one, take away even the knife right? Or, or a weapon or anything. It is super hard to be in front of that many people and all eyes are on you and be asked to demonstrate something. And so for all the students looking on, it was just like, oof, you know, that's what I want to be that confident. Master Ladra said, I don't even think he said anything. He just, he came at you with an attack and you disarmed him. Uh, or you evaded it or blocked. I mean, there were many demonstrations of this in the course of 45 seconds or something. And you talked about the tool itself that helps eliminate the hesitation. What are some other uh, approaches that, that, that you've taken yourself and with students to get them to be more confident in, in themselves and in the martial arts? Absolutely. Absolutely. So when it comes to, I mean, really, when it comes to the confidence aspect is one is going to be the repetitions, right? The more you do something, the more you get it in, like, right, you're going to be more confident in that in those areas. Like for me personally, I mean, my instructor back in the day, like he had us at booths and he had us talking to people and he had us doing different because that was very much like how we got students. Um, So getting in front of the class and getting in front of that many people has become more of a natural thing for me throughout these years. Um, But when you come to teaching the students is giving them, like we've talked about, giving them a variety of ways on how to do the same motion, but giving them, okay, now you can do it with a stick or you can do it with a knife or you can do it with your empty hand. Like these are all, here's what's going on. So I think giving them those opportunities to get the repetitions in, but more so giving them the opportunities to shine, right? So you're on the floor and you're like, okay, all right, I really like this. You know, everybody take a look at Johnny. Mom and dad, I want you to pause. I want you to check, check this out uh, because Johnny is killing it over here because he's doing this, this, and this. 
right? Okay, let's see it, Johnny, and then have them, have them do it. That's the easiest way that you will see a student when they're ready to light up and be like, okay, I got this. Showing a student that they are more than capable, that in itself gives them the confidence. That's awesome. Something that I remember oh, Master Macy in a big class of yellow gold belts or um, red belts or green belts, everything's going on. And then he would stop. He would say, I want everyone to stop and eyes right here. Take a look at this. And he would highlight a student. And it was an amazing feeling for everybody involved. I'm sure it was amazing for for that student. And yeah, it's something that I always loved seeing in in the schools. My mom thought it was, well, between my mom and my dad, before he passed away, he thought it was very important that I saw both the, the, the best and the worst, right? To understand both sides of the, of the coin, you know, to sleeping on, sleeping on the benches, you know, in the middle of the, the train station in, in Europe to, okay, I'm going to stay in a nice five-star hotel and, you know, figure out, you know, what's that like? Now? So me and my mom have been, but it was never a, uh, like for like martial arts. I think the farthest that I've um, went for like training or like a competition. One was with Master Apollo when we would fly down to uh, Florida and do his his weekend long um, training sessions. The one that kind of stands out the most was I was oof, I just got my black belt or right before my black belt and I went to Battle of Atlanta. It was in it was when I was younger. It was about 10, 11 years old and. Um, at that time, it wasn't really like the way that we, my instructor was like, all right, when you get up there, you show power and you do this. And I want you to yell at every opportunity that you can. All right. So doing a very traditional form and showing all the power, they weren't used to that at that time. And now you see everybody yelling at everything. Right. So I did in place, which is fine because it was an awesome learning opportunity, but it was because I had one of the people, hey, you you yelled too much. You awesome power, but there's too much yelling. I was like, okay, understood. So then after that, I went to the uh, the Georgia Open after that and then, you know, took home a couple first from there. So I think that's the, the most, like, traveling I did for, like, competitions. But the funny thing about that story is um, it was probably about two weeks later maybe three, my instructor came to me with a, with a VHS back then. He's like, Alex, I want you to, I want you to watch this. Tell me what you find. And it was from, I think it was either national geographic or the history channel or something like that, but it was on martial arts and the industry and everything. And it got a little ways in and it was talking about competition and the evolution. And then there I was in the, you know, front and center, oh, yeah, just hitting hard. And I was like, Heck yeah, yeah. <laughs> nice, nice. That is an incredible event. I've never been to the Battle of Atlanta, but you hear stories all the time from it's been going on for four or five decades, I think now, right? If they just had their 50th or something like that. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. And 
the event that you referenced in in Florida with Master Apollo that kind of like our black belt testing of immersion weekends and uh, that's essentially what it is but it's uh i think it's four days of just from you wake up sit you know you're down at the beach by 8 8 a.m and you train until the sun starts to go down and you're in the water you're in the sand you're doing all the it's a lot of it's a lot of fun i remember master apollo telling me about that event um years ago and he said yeah just like you described and then there are the people who stay out and there are the people who kind of leave for a little bit and a little bit becomes five minutes, maybe half an hour. And then they come back. Everybody wants to just keep training and training and training. What else about your experience in these multiple disciplines do you remember as really standing out um, a standout moment at a, at a test or a, a teaching moment that stands out to you? Because life happens in waves, right? And there's different chapters, right? And I think there's different chapters of my life where there are certain things that stand out for each for each chapter, right? Like when I was in my first chapter of my martial arts, it's the when I was testing for my first degree, and I, you know, or my my conditional my conditional black belt, and I had a you know I had a cast on my foot, and I was like, well, I I have to. I have to test. And I was like, well, I have a cast on, so I'm going to use it to my advantage. So I, I did, I used it to my advantage and used it as a weapon and was like, this is what we're doing. And I'm going to, I'm going to pass uh, to when I was more like in my high school days where I was running like a, like a cardio kickboxing and women's self-defense class at a dance studio where it was like, Hey, you know, I, there's a mom there that was super, like shy and had dealt with some different uh, physical confrontations. And by taking the class, she developed some confidence to really stick up for herself in different areas um, to earning my fifth degree and everything that happened to get me to that point, the ups and the downs and everything to, you know, I I've had a, especially here recently, there was a, um, uh, seven, I have a, there's a 76 year old man that got attacked in a uh, King Supers parking lot not too long ago. And, um, you know, he came to me and was like, I feel I'm not as young as I used to be. And I, you know, just going to the grocery store makes me nervous. Can you help me out? I want to do a couple of self defenses. And so he, that's, I took him in and we did a couple of things and we've, kind of worked with each other for a little bit now and uh now he's like this is the best part of my week this is the best part of you know i i love this and I, i'm not afraid anymore and i i'm i'm feeling strong and confident he's he, so he's definitely a spunky guy but uh, uh like there's many things that kind of stand out here and there from either teaching others to myself but i think the main thing is just the interactions in the community that have kept me going the longest throughout everything. Do you feel like you have more to learn? Oh, oh yes. I have so, so, so much to learn. Uh, everything from teaching to techniques to the business aspect of things. Like I will never quit 
I will never quit learning. I mean, I mean, that's why we're here. That's why we do this. It's not necessarily for the recognition, but it's more for the the journey along the way and the relationships that you develop. And as long as we're making a a impact in the community in a positive manner, then you know what? That's what really made. That's honestly what makes it worth it. So. Thank you for listening to the Ripple Effect Martial Arts Podcast. Find episodes and more at rippleeffectmartialarts.com.